It's so common in our modern culture to stay simply too busy. Welcome to the Rhythm Series, and today we're in the finale. What we're doing is we are trying to see in the Scriptures how God has created us for a certain rhythm to our lives. And I think many of us are tired, we're worn out, we're anxious and exhausted. We're right on the edge of burnout when God really wants us to be lights in the darkness. Instead, we're burning our lives down because we are out of rhythm. And what we have found out during this series so far is that God did create us for a certain rhythm, a rhythm that is healthy, a rhythm that is sustainable, and a rhythm that He created to help us flourish. And today we're going to learn the final piece of this series, uh, one of the most important pieces of the rhythm that God created for us. We've learned that we need to be in the right tempo and that God needs to set the tempo, that He needs to hold the metronome of our lives. It's so very important. But not only that, we also learn that we need to have a private life that aligns with our public life. That's a part of the rhythm that God has for us. And when our private and our public lives are not in alignment, that is a lack of integrity and that will knock us out of our rhythm. But today we're going to see that God has created us for another rhythm. It is the rhythm between work and rest between work and rest. And I think what's happened is for many of us, our lives have become simply all work and productivity. Now, when I say work, I don't mean when you go and punch the clock at your job. What I mean is, is that we're always trying to produce. So we live in a time with our devices uh, where we are constantly filling our lives, often with good things. And you need to understand that you can have too much of a good thing. Did you know you can drink too much water? Too much water can actually be bad for you. Did you know that if you ate like a five-gallon bucket full of broccoli, that's not going to go well for you? Broccoli, good. Uh, five gallons of it at one time, not going to be good. See, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And I think what we're having in our lives now that we have these devices, we have uh, infinity in our hands, if you will. We can get all knowledge, it seems like, at any point, at any time. Um, other generations before the current one could honestly say at times when they were asked a question, I don't know. But now all we have to do is go to Google. And now what we have is this ability to be and even a pressure to be constantly on and constantly productive in some way. We can always be listening to a sermon. We can always be listening to a podcast. Why waste any time? Even when we're walking around our home, we pop our headphones in and we listen to something or we're watching something. There's always a new album coming out because now anyone can record at any time. You don't have to go down to the record store and get a record or a CD. You can just pop it on your phone. You can listen to preachers all over the world at any time. So we all have the ability to be on and be productive and be improving ourselves constantly, all day long, 24-7. And what's happening is we are all anxious and we are all exhausted because God did not create us to always be on. God did not create us to constantly be productive. God created us with a rhythm, and He even modeled it. We'll see today. A rhythm of work and rest. Listen to what Psalm 127 says. It says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for He gives to His beloved sleep. In other words, God is saying to His people in the Old Testament, and He's reminding us of it today, that He created us 
for a rhythm. And that rhythm is, yes, we're going to get a lot done. Yes, he created us with endless possibility and all these things for us to do. He's called us all. He's gifted us all in Christ through the Spirit to do many, many, many good things. The Bible even says we were created for good works. That's a good thing. But we're not to work all the time. In fact, a major part of our life with our great God is to simply be and to simply rest. And he tells us here that we are not meant to be anxious and worry and be productive all the time because at the end of the day, he's the one that's going to build the wall, build the home, build the house of our lives. He's the one doing it and he will take care of us. So today, if you are feeling exhausted and anxious and on the edge of burnout, maybe what you need is to reset your rhythm. Maybe you're dancing to a drum that's not the drum of your father's. Because your father absolutely has many things for you to do, but he also has this wonderful thing called rest. Did you see what the Psalm said? He gives to his children, his sheep, sleep. In other words, he gives us rest. So today, before you burn out, before you hit the edge, why don't you slow down and take a rest? That's what today is going to be all about. Today, as we come to the finale of the Rhythm Series, what we're going to find out is that having a healthy pace requires space. That's what today is all about. Having a healthy pace is going to require space. It's going to require that you create space. It's going to require that you sustain space. Now, when it comes to the music world, uh, a great French composer said many, many years ago that music is not about the notes you play. It's all about the space that you leave in between those notes. It's about the rest. It's about the pauses. And today we're going to dive into that idea because your life and mine, we were meant to dance a beautiful dance that God created us for. In rhythm to His music, marching to the sound of His drum. But when we do it our own way or when we allow the culture or our enemy or even people around us to set that pace for us, we end up in an unhealthy place. In fact, if you don't break your pace, your pace will break you. That's what we're going to find out today. And again, we're going to go to our good friend and incredible musical artist, drummer extraordinaire Phil Jay is going to tell us all about why rest and pause and space in between the notes matters so very much. Check it out. When you're orchestrating a song, you're you're piecing like some are even like piecing together um, this storyline where like you have you know uh, you have the, the regular storyline going on. You have the climax. You know, it's like if that's like approaching music like that, uh, it really helps in like creating like uh, um, any like any type of like atmosphere, pretty much if you have like parts within like a, a, a song. You know, so being able to um, 
like strategically place these parts within the song where it's gonna uh, uh, affect someone in, in, in some way, form, or fashion. You know, it's uh, it's really it's it's, it's actually a, a, a blessing to be able to like be able to really strategically place those parts and songs. Uh, it's like, man, like this, I want in this part of the song, I want them to feel this. In this part of the song, I want them to feel this. Like, and then creating those dynamics, creating those um, those notes I, I, that's gonna that's gonna help uh, display uh, the message or feeling you're trying to get across. Breaks in songs um, really help to transition songs. Um, so breaks breaks within songs uh, just give the song a chance to breathe. You know, give a chance to breathe. Really, okay. Focus on what's happening in that moment. You know, it's okay. Like you have uh, strings and something else going on. Drums are out. You know, it's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's like this. It's different elements going on within that part of the song or, or that break. It's like, oh, this is that's nice. I would, I didn't notice that. You know, uh, that 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 that's that going on the whole time of the song. Okay, well, this is this is cool. And so they're just giving other instruments a chance just uh, to, to not play to like bring out the like uh the beauty in other parts of the song let's say the song is like it's man it's it's high energy during the entire time you know at some point and at some point you gotta okay just let's slow down a bit let's kind of pause for a minute like we've been been going crazy for like two minutes three minutes already let's uh, okay let's let's break at some point in the song so as a songwriter, being able to, uh, being able to like really uh, analyze a song almost to where like, okay, what would fit here that's gonna be able to allow the song to uh, still uh, stay cohesive without, you know, the break interrupting uh, the mood of the song going on. And like having that breather before this, Huge climax uh, plays a such a vital part in like in like finishing uh, this mood that the that the song was already uh, given out the moment it started. So what we're finding out today is the space between the notes and music is what really creates the beauty. It breaks things up, and that's gonna happen in your life as well. And the problem is many of us are simply running at an unsustainable pace. And we have our kids running at an unsustainable pace. Our calendars are too full. Our devices are being used too much, and we simply have forgotten how to be still and how to rest. But God created us for that rhythm, and He even modeled it for us. If you have your Bibles, you can turn uh, to Genesis 2.2. This is a great verse that shows us that God Himself modeled it. It tells us that on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing, and then when the work was finished, he rested. On the seventh day, he didn't do any work. Now, let me ask you a question. Was God tired? Of course he wasn't. God wasn't tired. God is modeling for creation a part of his character. God works and he rests. He doesn't rest because he has to. He rests because he wants to. It's a good and glorious thing. But for us, he created us, and he knows that we must rest. He created us that way. We know this biologically. We know it physiologically that we have to sleep. But did you know that we now sleep on average as humans two hours less a night than we did just 100 years ago? 
in the 40s and 50s and 60s with the advent of new technologies coming on strong. It was predicted that new technologies in the future would create a time where we would work far, far less and be far less busy than we are now. But I think all of us now in the middle of this technology boom know that that is not how it worked out. We're busier than we've ever been. We work more than we ever have. And here's why, because we're never really off. We never really turn the switch off. Even when you get home, everything in your life has followed you with that phone. And when you sit down on your couch and you should be hanging out with your kids and your family, you're still looking at it. Recently, my wife and I were watching a, a series uh, on our TV and we'd put the kids to bed and we were up watching it. And I noticed because we were watching on a certain uh, platform, there were still commercials. And every time a commercial would come on, we both would grab our phones. Literally the second, the millisecond, the show we were watching went off and commercials came up, we both picked up our phones and started looking at our phones. And I observed this in myself and my wife. It's amazing how conditioned we have become to being on and connected and curious and anxious all the time, 24-7. But God modeled for us not doing that. In fact, then when God began to lead his people, right, the exodus takes place. They get into the land and God begins to lead them and he teaches them what it's going to look like for them to have our great God as their king, as their Lord. And he wanted to do that, not just for them, but for the nations around them to see it. You see, the Israelites end up right in the middle of a bunch of empires at that time. And God told them to rest and work and rest and work and have that rhythm so that these other empires would see it and see what it looked like to be the children of God. Because you see, all the other empires, they were a lot like us. They worked all the time. If you didn't work in those times, you didn't eat. If you didn't harvest, you didn't eat. And they worked all the time but not God's people. In fact, he set up this thing called the Sabbath in Exodus 28. He said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So what he did is he forced his people to rest. One day a week, they were not to work at all. And this meant that God was going to prove to his people that he could take care of them better than they could by themselves. He was going to prove to them that if they would spend one day a week not working, he would do a better job of providing for them than if they worked all the time. And that's exactly what God wants you to understand. If you will trust God with the dance of his rhythm, you will see that it's a much better situation than you can come up with on your own. So the Sabbath was instituted. It was a part of Mosaic law for the people of God. Well, then comes Jesus. In the New Testament, the Pharisees come along and they turn the Sabbath into an, into an incredibly heavy block to tie around the people's necks. They created all kinds of laws. You couldn't breathe wrong on the Sabbath. And you couldn't do anything. You couldn't lift your finger on the Sabbath. And it was an incredibly uh, hard situation. Jesus stepped into that world. And he had a chance to teach about what the Sabbath was really about. And listen to what Jesus said in Mark 2, 27. He said this to the Pharisees. This would have been stunning for the Jews to hear him say this. He said, Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus came along and said, hey, all these laws you've created to go along with the Sabbath, that's not what God intended at all. You've missed the point. You've, in fact, made it more work, the Sabbath. And what Jesus teaches us is this incredible principle. The Sabbath was not created to be a heavy weight around our neck. It was created to be a relief. It was created for us, not for God. And we weren't created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is there to serve us. 
In fact, Paul later in the New Testament and the apostles will say that Jesus completely fulfilled the law. We're not under the law. We're not under Sabbath law either. But it does not mean that the principle of Sabbath went away. We are created by God to work and to rest. And if you get out of that pace, if you don't break your endless 24-7 pace that you're in right now, your 24-7 pace is going to break you. So today we need to answer this question. What are the benefits of space? So let's take a look at benefits of having space. In the middle of our crazy pace that we're running, what will it look like if we begin to, with the help of our great God and the truth of the Scriptures and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the, the modeling that, that our Lord did for us in both Old and New Testament, what would it look like for us? Why would it be good? Well, here's why space is good. First of all, it's going to help you have a healthier mind. The Bible teaches us a lot about the dangers of anxiety. Jesus told us not to worry and not to be anxious. He created us for a rhythm. Jesus said for us not to worry about tomorrow because today has enough trouble of its own. Now what he was teaching us is that we were created for a day-by-day rhythm. Now, we're not, we are to plan for the future. And we can remember the past, but we're not to get caught up in either one. We are to stay in this day-to-day -day rhythm. It's kind of like eating sushi. You don't cram the whole roll in your mouth that was created, right? To be eaten one bite at a time. That's true for your life. One day at a time. And when you stay in God's rhythm, when you break up the pace and you create that space, what happens is you begin to have a healthier mind. You're not as anxious. You're not as worried. You're not as on edge. The first benefit of creating space is a healthier mind. The second benefit is you have a healthier body. Uh, physiologically, we're learning more and more from medical science that stress can actually kill you. Stress can actually affect your heart, your physical heart. It can affect your body. We know that, that inflammation happens in the body as a response to stress levels being too high. And the problem is, many of us are living at a high stress level all the time. We literally are never truly off. And because of that, our bodies are suffering. We, many of us, are, are creating disease in our lives. We are literally are creating pain in our lives that doesn't have to be there because we are running at the wrong pace. We're dancing to the wrong drumbeat. We need a better rhythm. So a benefit of breaking up the pace by creating space in our lives for rest and for really turning the switch off is a healthier mind and a healthier body. Also, you're going to have healthier relationships. Another thing that's going to be good for you if you will do this is it will enrich your relationships. The truth is, all of us are beginning to hurt relationally. Science is telling us this. People aren't having as many conversations. Families are becoming more disconnected. I thought technology was supposed to connect us more. But what's actually happening, happening is many of us are disconnecting. We all go to our own rooms, get our own devices. We sit at dinner tables looking at devices. We sit on couches looking at devices and people are not talking to each other. And what will also happen is if you don't get rest and you stay on the edge for too long, we all know this is true. We end up being snappy. We end end up hurting those that are closest to us. Listen, families that are overcommitted and are too busy all the time will suffer relationally. You know that's true. You know that's true. 
Some of us, frankly, have too much going on. We've got our kids in too much, and there's no end in sight. And you got to stop and ask yourself, what's going on here? And how can I create more space? How can I do that? Another benefit of creating space in your life is that you will actually be more productive. You'll actually be more productive. What you don't realize is that you're not as productive when you're running all the time. You weren't meant for that. Did you know scientifically we cannot multitask? You think you're doing a lot of things at once. You're not. You're just jumping from one to another. It's impossible. We're, we don't have infinite minds like our God. So we were created to do one thing at a time. And so in a world where we are pushed and pressured to do lots of things at one time, what ends up happening is we just do a lot of things really poorly. That's what ends up happening. So you'll actually become more productive as you create more margin and space in your life. Listen, the benefits to being intentional about following God's rhythm for our lives and actually getting rest. And by rest, I don't just mean laying in a bed or laying in a hammock or floating around in a hot tub or sitting on a couch because that doesn't work by itself anymore. Why? Because you can carry your device into all of the environments I just described. You can be resting and still be on. Isn't that true? You can be checking your emails and checking Twitter and becoming anxious sitting anywhere now. We have to become more than ever, maybe more than any group of people in human history, we have to become more intentional about creating space in the middle of our pace and getting into the rhythm that God has for us. So now that we understand what the benefits of space in the middle of our pace are, let's now take a look at how to create space. So the first way I can create space in my life and you can create healthy space in yours, the space between the notes in the crazy musical piece that you're writing with your life. How do you do it? The first thing you have to do is accept your limitations. You need to accept them, acknowledge them, and realize that you have limitations. The Bible teaches us that God is all-powerful. The Bible says, nothing is impossible for our God. But do you know what? There are things that are impossible for you and me. Here's the deal. I am right at six foot tall, okay? And I'm not 6'6". So I'm not going to play NBA basketball, not just because of my height, but also because of the fact, just not that good, okay? So I loved basketball. I played it my whole life. I loved baseball. played it my whole life. But I wasn't good enough at either of them to be a professional player. And I could want it as much as is anybody wanted anything, but at the end of the day, not going to happen because I don't have those gifts. I was good enough to play a little ball as a kid, as a, as a student, but man, not a pro. The truth is our culture teaches us that we have no limitations often. We like to tell people, hey, if you can dream it, you can do it. Wrong answer, my friends. That is not true. That is childish. As you grow older, you understand that's just not true. I can't starve myself for six months and think that's going to work out all right. I got to have food and water. So I can want to not have to drink water, but I'm going to have to have some, right? Got to hydrate. There's just things that are truly impossible. And let me tell you what else is impossible. It's impossible for you to live a life on all the time and not break. Your pace is going to break you. You need to realize you are not God. There's only one of Him. There's one God who can do all things at all times. You're not Him. So we need to understand we are finite beings and we have very real limitations. Just think about all the limitations in your life. You have limited time. 
The Bible tells us in Ephesians that we should make the best, the most of the time God has given us. Why? Because our time is fleeting, which is why this rhythm series maybe is so important. Because we only have so much time with our kids. And you only have this year that you're living right now once. It's, it's, if you're 30 years old, it's only going to happen once. You have a finite ability in your life to use time. It, your, your time is numbered. The Bible tells us all of our days are numbered. We're not getting any more. God has numbered our days. He's in control of it. So you need to understand you have a limitation on your time. You have limitations on your resources, right? We all do. We only have so much money. So you need to know that not only resources with money, but resources with uh, your time, right? Resources with your energy. All of those things are very important to understand. So as you set the pace of your life, if you don't rest, you're going to come to the end of your resources. You're going to hit your limitation wall pretty fast. And haven't we all done it? I get really snappy when I'm tired because because here's why. I'm limited, not just with my time. I'm also limited with my resources, and resources include money. It also includes my emotional ability. I, I can hit the end of my emotional ability to be a nice guy. I really can. You can too, if you're honest. And what you have to do if you're going to be a mature Christ follower and live in the rhythm God created you for is you're going to have to know when it's time to rest. And God built it into our lives. God has told us, hey, one day a week you don't need to work. One day a week, you need to figure out how to rest. This needs to be a natural, normal rhythm to your life. You've got to break up the pace. And so a few ways for you to create margin is, number one, understand your limitations. You're not God. There's only one God. Here, here's another way. Once you understand that you're limited, you can't do everything, you're going to have to make choices. Your kids, by the way, they can't do everything. You're going to have to make some choices. That's one. Understand your limitations and accept them and acknowledge them. But secondly, you need to figure out your why. W-H-Y. If you lose your why, as we said a few weeks ago, you're going to lose your way. And you need to get to the bottom of why you do what you do. And when you add something to the plate of your life, you need to honestly ask, why are we doing this? Motivation matters. You know, the Bible says that God searches the hearts of man. He knows not just what you're doing, he knows why you're doing it. And if you will ask him, he can help you understand. Because if you're like me, there's been times I have done things and I didn't know why I did them. But guess who did know? God did. Sometimes we just don't want to admit why we do what we do. We don't want to admit why we're driven so hard. But you getting to the bottom of your why and me getting to the bottom of my why is going to help me break the pace. Sometimes many of us will not rest, will not get into a healthy rhythm. We work too hard. We add too much to our plate because we're insecure. We're not secure in our relationship with God. We're not secure in our identity in Him. We are not secure in the fact that He can take care of us, that we don't have to do it all on our own. That it could be a reason. Sometimes we do it because we're trying to impress people. We're trying to create an image that we are self-sufficient. We can do this on our own. See, that is one of the reasons God built into the plan for the Israelites in the Old Testament, and Jesus helped us understand and modeled resting himself. Jesus rested. Why did they do those things? Why are we showing that in the Scriptures? Because God wants to break our self-sufficiency. Remember, the Israelites ended up in a place with a bunch of empires that believed they were self-sufficient. God forced the Israelites to show the world that they needed him and that they fully depended on God. Listen, we live in an American culture that prides itself in self-sufficiency. But listen, when you become a Christian, I guess it's going to break some of that natural Western Americanism. I love America. 
I mean, USA all day for me, okay? But when it comes to my relationship with God, I am not self-sufficient. I need God and I need his help to break the pace in my life and I need his help to set the pace in my life. These are just a few of the things that will help you. And then here's another one. Another way for you to create space is to expect and plan for hardship. I don't know about you, but if I don't create space in my life, if I leave too late to get somewhere, I typically end up getting stressed and worried. If I wait to the last minute, if I procrastinate, if I don't plan well in my life to create space, I end up becoming a cranky guy. I end up not doing things as well as I could. And guess what? People I love around me end up paying for it. So for us to create space in our lives, we're going to have to actually get on top of it and be intentional about it. We're going to have to expect that things don't always go the way we plan and create some space so that it will in our lives go well and so that we can stay in the rhythm God has created for us. And then finally, be proactive. I would say to all of us today, we need to be proactive. This is not just going to happen. You're not just going to rest and get healthy in the pace you're running without doing something about it. You're going to have to hit the brakes. You're going to have to have some hard conversations with those around you. You're going to have to go into your calendar and slash some things. You're going to have to do one of the hardest things for us to do. You ready? You're going to have to learn to say no. You're going to have to learn to say no to some things. Because every yes you say to something, you're actually saying no to something else. But listen, when you're willing to say no to some things in your life, you open up space so that you can stay in the rhythm God created you for. And when you dance to the beat of God's drum, work and rest, work and rest. When that becomes a part of your life, you will flourish. You will live what Jesus called the abundant life. Jesus said, I came to bring you life and life abundantly. The question is today, are you willing to create that space? Now, as you think about that for the next few moments, as you contemplate that idea, I just want you to listen to this next song. You can sing it with us if you know it, or you can just take a moment and ask God to show you where in your life you are out of rhythm and where in your life you are not resting and creating the space that you need, the margin that you need. And then maybe ask God, why? Why have you allowed that to happen? Over the next few moments, I, I hope that God will show you that so that you can make a change pace by creating space. Let's do that together now. You will never leave Your love sustaining me Before I even knew what love
So today as we bring the Rhythm Series to a close, my hope and prayer is that all of us will create space, that we will break up the unhealthy pace for whatever reason we've allowed it to get there, whether it's the culture, our enemy, whether it's our own personalities and drive, or whether it's even the people around us that's pressured us and put those expectations on us. I pray today that we will begin to walk and dance and live to the beat of God's drum in our lives. The best thing I can tell you about true deep rest is that Jesus offered it to us. 
In the Bible, Jesus said this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, when Jesus said that, he wasn't talking about what we've talked about most of this teaching today. He wasn't talking about actually sitting down and resting. He wasn't talking about actually uh, laying down and doing nothing and turning your device off. He was talking about even a deeper rest. He was talking about the rest that is in the gospel. Jesus was telling us that we could come to him and find our identity and find our hope and find our purpose, the very things that we most deeply strive to attain. Jesus said we can rest in him. So the reason you can leave this teaching today and actually build into your life a rhythm of rest, where you look at your life and truly evaluate where you're off rhythm and truly evaluate why you're doing things, the reason you can do all of it is because of the backdrop of the gospel. You don't have anything to prove if you're in Christ. You can't make God love you more. You can't make Him love you less. His love is eternal, and it has been sealed in the blood of His own Son, Jesus. So you and I have our identities, our future, our eternity, our purpose, all wrapped up in Christ that sets us free to live life at a life-giving, flourishing pace that God has given us. Sometimes it'll be fast, sometimes it'll be slow, but God's the one holding the metronome in our lives. And we must create that space. And the gospel gives us that deep soul rest. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to jump through the hoops. Jesus has done the work for us. So folks, we were created for a wonderful rhythm, and it includes work. It also includes rest. The thing that comes to mind when you look at a NASCAR race, you see these incredible race cars. 200 miles an hour, right? They're going around the track. But one thing that's a part of every race is a thing called a pit stop. Now, why does uh, does these people, why, why do they have to stop the car? It's going 200 miles an hour. Why do they have to stop? Why would they do that? Well, because you can't run at 200 miles an hour for very long without needing to stop. See, they have to stop to change the tires because the tires get worn out. They have to stop to let the engine cool for a moment. They have to stop to let the driver have a moment. They have to stop for a lot of different reasons. Why? Because that 200 mile an hour run is putting in a tremendous amount of stress on machine and driver. So they have these built-in stops to fix things, to check things, to, to let the engine breathe, to let the, to let the driver breathe. As Phil Jay said, a song has to breathe and the breathing comes in the spaces in between the notes. And just like those cars have to stop, you've got to stop too because listen, the reason they make them come in for a pit stop is you can't fix a car going 200 miles an hour. It has to slow down. It has to stop. And you're not going to fix your marriage going 200 miles an hour either. And you're not going to fix your family and your kids going. You're not going to find what the issues are going 200 miles an hour. You're going to have to stop. And God created you, yes, to race. Yes, to run. Yes, to work. But he also created you to stop and to be still and rest. The Bible tells us this in a beautiful, seemingly song to us from God. He says, be still and know that I am God. Because sometimes if you're running too fast for too long, you'll forget who's God. But if you'll be still, God can remind you of who He is. And my hope is at the end of this rhythm series that all of us together will begin the dance we were created to dance, to the rhythm we were created to dance to, that we will begin to live life to the beat of God's drum.